Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. excited to have a guy in the on the podcast today Todd B Matt I, I I met Todd uh, oh gosh a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine and Todd is a uh, cutting horse trainer and uh, a cutting horse expert um, is one all kinds of stuff I, I like a lot of times I don't have a lot of research done so we're gonna let Todd tell us all about that but, uh, hey Todd welcome to the modern cowboy podcast Hey, thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, like I was saying, we we met actually. What was it? A couple weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was probably a couple weeks ago. You were coming, you were over here at the place we we're working out of in Arizona in Queen Creek, yeah. and um, it was nice to meet you. We kind of had a we kind of had a, a mutual uh, acquaintance of, of sorts from where we were originally from back in the late eighties in Lincoln, California, which was kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we knew some of the same people in same areas and stuff. And, uh, I just happened to end up be there, being there with my buddy, Randy, who's, I guess he's been your guys equine dance for off and on for years. And I just came to help him for a couple of days and that's basically how we met. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a. it was, a. Really nice to have Randy come by. I'm glad he was out here in Arizona because he's well. Actually, lives right down the road from us in Weatherford, Texas, and um, we've been out here every well for the last two winters. And um, he he saw that we were here. He kind of lost contact, and and um, boy, I'm sure I'm sure happy he came because he it made a big difference on my horses too. These last couple of weeks have been really nice. Horses are soft and. And um, a lot more comfortable now too, I think. So I was really happy that he came by. He's he's an excellent dentist. Yeah, it, and it, you know that's something. Like I I just helped him for a couple of days. I've I've never done that before, but I, I was pretty amazed at it it uh, what what all that entails and what it actually does does do. And um, pretty impressive. Uh, the other thing too, we were we were we were kind of shooting the breeze, and and uh, you also said I don't know what we were talking about, and you go. Somebody getting our haircuts, and you go, "I'm not getting my haircut. You're letting yeah. it, you're letting it grow on top." And I go, oh, "I'm letting mine grow on top too." And and then I think your wife says, 
you know, Todd usually gets his haircut every two weeks and blah, blah, blah. So are you, are you still letting it go on top? You going with the, with the new do or what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I, um, I, if it gets any hotter out here, I might go ahead and weaken on it though, but I've got the side shaved and uh, I think I'm going to, I'm kind of hoping to hang on to it till I get out to some shows in California here in the next month or two, hopefully when it opens up, but so I can show everybody my new hairdo, they'll be, It'll be pretty comical. Yeah. T- t- Plus, I got lots yeah. of facial hair too now. <laughs> well, you can t- you can tip your hat after you win and and show it off, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You, it, Maybe with a little braid in it. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, you bet. Hey, you know, um, the other thing too that was kind of interesting is Randy didn't even realize that you guys had a ranch right down the road from him in Weatherford. Yeah, I know. He um he. It's kind of funny, like we lost touch, and he we were working out of another ranch, uh, J Five North, and that's one of the last times he was there. But that was that was before, oh gosh, that's back when we first moved out there about five six years ago now. So, um, and uh, we just kind of found this place up up the road from him on this is on the same kind of a cutter cutter road. Basically, there's the Slate River Ranch up there, and Phil Rap Rap Ranch is up there, and all, there's a whole bunch of cutters right around there, and we have, happened to get lucky and find this little spot there. And um, he, I guess we just kind of snuck in without him knowing it. So it was kind of it was kind of cool to talk about that too. It's funny how you pass through and people, and and then all of a sudden you, you meet up with people again, and it it's pretty pretty nice to have history with with folks. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, and I've known I've known Randy for uh, thirty years at least, and and he's he's uh-huh. he's he's the kind of friend that I may not talk to him for two years, but when we talk or get together or whatever, it's like we haven't missed a beat. So, pretty cool deal. Right on. I have friends. I've I've I have a lot of good friends like that too. That's good. Um, we've been we all been kind of getting a little closer because we're having all, all this downtime with the, with the little virus and such going on. So, um. So everybody's been kind of busy and, and things. So we've kind of, everybody's kind of slowed down a little bit in their lives to be able to visit and check in with people. And I've checked in with some of the older folks and some of my older friends. And, and it's just been, um, it's been uh, kind of nice to be able to do it and take some time and do it. Probably should do it all the time anyway. Yeah. No kidding. It's kind of a reset for, for everybody, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so let's let's talk about let's talk about what you do. You know, every people that listen to this podcast, they know that you know it's modern cowboy. I mean, I've ever since I was born and can remember that's all I ever wanted to be. Was I ever you know a, a cowboy raised on a ranch? No, people know that. But I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of you know horse people and horses, and had a lot of opportunity to meet a lot of people. And I've always known about cutting. I kind of know what it is. I, I know it's a super cool. I know the horses are amazing. Some of the horses are at your place that um, I got to see were, I mean, just beautiful, beautiful animals. And no, uh, I, I've never done, I've never, you know, tried to cut or anything. Um, I remember years ago, an article came out and I can't remember the magazine it was in, but it was about how a lot of guys on Wall Street got into cutting. Uh, um, and I guess there was, you know, big money in it and stuff. And this was, this was years ago. And I, I don't remember if it was GQ or what magazine it was, but Anyway, if you would just you know, give us a little background on cutting and you know, how you got into it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, most, there's, uh, you know, cutting's kind of, it's, it's a pretty popular sport. Um, 
it's uh it takes it takes a little more uh backing for tailing horses than a lot of the normal horse events and things mm-hmm. but it is very gratifying um you know obviously the cow separate of horse separates the cow from the herd and you keep the cow away from the herd basically um it's a lot easier to watch than than me explaining it if you haven't ever seen it before Mm-hmm. But you can, you know, you can Google all cuttings all over the place now on and and watch an actual cutting, a videotape of a cutting, and and you'll learn more basically just by seeing the horse work and and mirroring the mirroring the, each move of the cow and the feel of the horse working a cow for me is is still there. Like my very first ride when I was probably ten years old on on a horse. Cut, working at cow, I thought it was cutting, but it was probably just moving with the cow right. on its own. That was just amazing, you know. It's just like, and it's just like any other horse that tracks a cow roping or whatever. It's just you feel that that cow sense, right? And and I still to this day, and that's been quite a few years ago. I still remember that feeling, the very first feeling of that horse moving with that cow. And I think that really gets a lot of the people, um, a lot of people interested in cutting when they get that uh, gets a hold of you and it's just something to it that that you're you're with one a a horse thinking for itself and you're trying to help your help your horse too but the cow's trying to think for it it's thinking for itself and the horse is and you're just a big part of just sitting on top there and watching it basically so it's, it's a pretty cool event you know for that part um i really um i think that that it was attractive to a lot of people from, you know, back in the late, early 90s, late 80s. There was a lot of oil people back in Texas, and they, they created quite a big event. So they, they really built some big purses up back then. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, really, it really took off right then. And then, of course, you know, economies and this and that and whatnot happens, and and it, it's just kind of leveled off, but it's still a great event, and the money is is still good, and um, there are quite quite a few different cuttings, you know. So when you so you got the bug at like ten years old, and when did you first start competing? Uh, probably like right shortly after that. <laughs> really? really? Um, yeah, I was kind of in the youth clubs. I was born, I born and raised in um, Central California, which was little town uh, called Reedley, California. And um, my my dad basically was was involved in the banking stuff, and we moved around from the Bay Area. We were kind of pretty much, you know, it's a small town, small town cities, but small town, but other than the Bay Area. And then we moved back down into Reedley, and we all, my, my brother and my sister and myself, we, we nagged on him so bad to find us a little place where we could have horse, you know, mm-hmm. just a horse ride. Cause I mean, I always wanted to be a cowboy, right. even when I was just a little kid, you know? So, um, we anyway coached him in to get some horses and stuff. And then that led to another horse and then this and that. And my dad turned into a horse trader and, and did some things. And then all of a sudden he comes home and says, Hey, I, I just rode a cutting horse. I just went and I, I, immediate people say cutting horses. They think of horse cutting. Like, they cut a cow, you know, the right. horse is cutting a cow. So you're like, Oh my God, you were cutting cows. Dad. You know? and he's, no, no, he's just got to watch. You got to come and see this. So we had some neighbors that did it. 
and and he put me on 104 that moved around that was the first time i felt that so it was like and from that point on i mean we were we went on and and had a local trainer around there helping him and helping me and basically trained my first cutting horse i had help with my local trainer but i basically trained her when i was like 13 and then i showed her in the club cuttings and things like that but i also showed her in high school rodeo and made the high school rodeo cuttings finals on her like three years in a row or two years in a row and i had trained her all myself so she was a little roan mare she was a cool little horse um but yeah i was that was i've kind of always wanted to be a horse trainer and train horses and and just always wanted to be part of horses you know and the western and the western you know everything about the west and the western atmospheres to me is the greatest thing ever yeah absolutely so now so did, then did you go right into training as a profession or did you have to what's what's that process like yeah, yeah. well yeah that's that, that, that's another chapter too i mean i got started in that and wrote my own and we fought, you know it took you know quite a bit of time to because to, with you know you got to have some cattle and work cattle and we'd bump we'd go to practices and, and bum around and work cattle and stuff. And then we finally started having some cows at our place and barns and keeping more horses. And, um, well, I guess I just started out, you know, I'd take care of the horses in the morning before I went to school and then, and feed and then clean pens and feed them. And when I got at home and we ride them every night and that's pretty much was my routine, except during football season when I had practices in the evening. But, um, I did, um, I'd, I'd take care of the horses and stuff. And then it, eventually it was like, I was showing a, a lot and we were showing paint horses on the West coast and different things, my dad and myself. And, and, um, oh, there, there was a horse trainer that lived, that's a world champion named Leon Harrell, famous world, famous horse trainer, Leon Harrell. Um, he was out in Helm, California, which was on the West side. And, um, I'd been to some of his clinics and his demonstrations and stuff. And he's, he's pretty charismatic and, um, to say the least. And, um, so anyway, he, he, um, I kind of had a connection with him and, and he, and I showed against him in some paint shows at one time and actually beat him when I was like 14 or 15. <laughs> and, uh, he remembered me and, um, I got a summer job there out there. So, and started kind of just helping him with the, with the training daily training stuff, uh, more, you know, for apprentice. Right. And, um, that was, I was 17 and I just, I went back home cause mom wanted me to go to college and I went to a little JC college there in Reedley and, um, went for a little bit and, um, man, it was just, it was just gnawing on me. I wanted to be a horse trainer. I was, I was enjoying the college stuff, but it was almost like I couldn't see, I, I, my goal was to be a cutting horse trainer, so I probably should have stayed in college a while longer just to get some business sense. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> we all have. We all, going, yeah, go ahead. We know we all have those stories exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. If I'm rambling on too much, let me know. But I'm just uh, kind of reminiscing of those days where I, I went back out there and stayed out there. Uh, probably around we were ended up that that summer turned into two three more two and a half more years right 
And um, then I just kind of floated around trying getting jobs to work at ranches and different trainers and kind of learned my trade and got opportunity to go to the Rap Ranch, which was up in Napa. And that was kind of pretty much my breakout deal. At always showing horses the whole time and training horses. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right after Rap Ranch, I was out in Lincoln at the Hanley Ranch. And um, that that lasted for a couple of years and trained and showed and was winning and doing good. And was people were getting interested in sending me more horses. I was working for both ranches, but I had outside horses also. Right. And then in like 1991, I moved up to Orland. We actually started out renting a place and we ended up buying it, me and my first wife. And, um, and then, um, stayed there from 91 till uh, I ended up, well, I had to, I had to rebuy it back from her when we divorced, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you don't have to put that in anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but I did that. And then, uh, well, my wife, Erin, uh, we've been married for, 15 years now, but, um, I guess I, I guess I sold it like in 04 or something like that. So we owned it, owned it, I owned it for quite a while. Right. And, um, it was quite, it was a nice place. Irrigated pasture. I keep cattle on and trained a lot of good horses out of there. A lot of good people sent horses to me out there. And I was way up there too. Orleans, Orleans up there in North of a lot of people's action. So they didn't, you know, a lot of Californians didn't know really, they thought I was too far away. So the Nevada people and the Oregon people and the Texas people started sending me horses. So that was good, you know? Yeah. Well, but, um, well, for you, you say, you know, well, maybe you should have stayed in college for more business sense and stuff, but obviously it's, it's worked out pretty well for you. I, I mean, and, and Randy was telling me too, you know, about, you know, all the things you've won and, and great horses you've ridden and everything. So are, are a lot, are all, all the horses aren't yours. You ride horses for other people as well. And, and, and what are some of the, the, you know, things you've won and things you got going on now? Yeah, I'll tell you what I've, I've, um, through all out that, that history, which is kind of where I got started and stuff all in, in between the times I, I was, I was making top 10 in the world on, on a horse named dry sand back in the early eighties. And then, um, I was, showing all, all kinds of horses, anything I could show and train because I was trying to make a living, you know, at, from 91 on. Right. But, um, uh, you know, I won the Super 6, 5, 6-year-old classic twice in uh, Fort Worth. Um, one was a catch ride for Bill Riddle, and then the other one was one that I had in training. Um, Stylobar was her name. And Tossing a Playboy was the, was the gilding that I won the five, six-year-old. That was like 97. And then I won the Super Stakes again, the five, six-year-old, which is a big event in Fort Worth um, on Stalabar. I think it was 2001. But um, I can't remember the exact date. Anyway, um, but, you know, I've been in, I've I've won 3.3 million in cutting. Mm -hmm. And it's, and that, which is, I was very happy to get over the 3 million, you know, mark. It was amazing. You can become a hall of famer when you go over a million. Right. And I went over a million back a while back, but, um, you know, basically did it with not a bunch of big, big purse wins, you know, Dan, right. I mean, I did it more or less 
going up and down the road and, 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 you know, and I train amateurs and non-pros also, you know, and stuff and, and, um, you know, just, you know, chiseled away at it. There's a lot, there's more, there's people that won, you know, 7 million and 8 million and that and this and that. And they're great. They're great, great trainers and great showmen. But, um, I feel like I like to, uh, I've, I've made my niche and what I like to do and what I've done. And, you know, I find me a good young horse again, I'll ride again. But here lately, I've been just kind of showing more weekend cuttings. Uh-huh. Um, and that's more or less like a rodeo circuit would be, you know, right? without, without the big events. So, and we've been doing good. We had a great year going, you know, we, it suddenly came to an end, but we've had a really good year going. I had a couple, I had one top five in the open right now and in, in, for the world. And then I'm in the top five in the 25 novice in the world and top 15 in the five novice horse in the world. And I've got two amateurs in the top 15 and the 50 and one other non-pro that's the top. Actually, she's sitting second in the five novice non-pro uh, for the world championship, which ends basically in December. But um, I don't know what's going to happen this year. It's kind of a kind of a you know weird deal. Yeah. I don't know. You know we, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. So when, you, when you're talking about novice and amateur and, and non-pro, those are just all different divisions that the horses are in, correct? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, there's different horses for money, money one horses. And open horse, obviously, open is, is open to anybody. Gotcha. But mainly horse train, trainers ride in that with, with horses that won over 25000 in weekend earnings. Um, I'm riding horses that won over 100000 but they're still novice eligible, which sounds kind of weird, but it's just a different deal. That I've had horses that, that won more money in age events, but they win, them, they win those age events like in two or three age events. They win that kind of money. Gotcha. And, uh, the other the weekend stuff is designed so you just you know you, you're winning you know it depends some purses are bigger than others but they're mainly 500 added purses and thousand added purses and you can win that you know you win 12 on 1500 1800 one you know one go right. and then a lot of 800 dollars ones you know and whatnot so there's a but it all adds up and it doesn't count for points it just counts money towards the end of the year so gotcha the, the there there's just different levels and i guess you know this on the open horse 
the trainer's horses, it's all on, on money. And then with the amateurs, which a lot of people, you know, amateurs kind of keep, keep everything rolling in this business because they're, they are, they're the horse owners also. So, um, they, they have like different divisions. They have a non-pro that, which is almost an open, it's, it's just a big, uh, amateur non-pro on steroids almost. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the best, the best non-pros. Yeah. Okay. And then the, then there's the 50 AM and they're, they're, they haven't won 50,000 lifetime on the weekend. So they're, they're under, that's a, that's a division for them to be able to not have to go all the way to the top and compete. Although right. some of them do. Right. And they, they can compete in that. And then they do the 50 and then they, then we have all the, the non-pro novice classes, which are the 25 novice and the five novice. And, um, those are all added kind of added money classes that can go anywhere from 500 to 2,500 added per day, you know? Gotcha. Um, then they get jackpot classes that are, that are basically, you know, jackpot. Right. They're, um, lower entry fees. They're, 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 they are people that can, that are getting started. They have anything everywhere from 2000 rider to a 35 non-pro rider and the 15 am rider. So, um, there's a division kind of for everybody to be able to feel comfortable getting started in. And the idea is for them to actually move up to the non-pro someday right. or get to get enough experience to be able to ride a young horse in an age event deal. And it's, you know, I mean, it's a gosh dang, Dan, there's so many of them. It's, it's hard to explain the, there's three major age events in, in, in Texas and Fort Worth, mm -hmm. you know, and it, and the, it starts with the big, Maturity, and then it does. Then the NHA Super Stakes, and then the NHA Derby, and those three big. Those are the big three that that pay the biggest of them all for for as NHA goes. Um, and then there's all kinds of other age events. So the age events is really is really where where the bigger money's at and stuff. Right. But but there seems to be a, a little more pull for people wanting to go more on the weekend stuff because they can go more. Does that make sense? Dan? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They can go show more. Right. So they can show more. And there was the, the age events you show them first go. And if you make the second go, you show the second go. And if you make the, the semifinals with the two aggregate scores put together, you can go to the semifinals. And then in the semifinals, it starts over again. Then you got it. Then it cuts it back down to like 20 head or 30 head go to the finals right. out of 670. And so, you know, if, if you missed, if you don't make the second go, you only get to show once. And then that's another, what, three, four months later, you get to go to another HD event. So I think that's kind of the draw for the weekend cutters. Basically, that's what they call us, weekend cutters. But, um, but, but I think without the weekend cutting going on, I don't, or even the age event people training horses for that matter. Cause you need horses trained. Right. Um, the whole thing goes hand in hand and makes it work. Sometimes there's a little bit of tug on both ends, you know, the, right. the age event people want, you know, they're not really interested in the weekend. The weekend's not interested in the age event, but it really takes everybody to kind of make the whole thing work. Does that make sense? Yeah. To keep it going. Right. Uh huh. So the cutting probably like, like team roping to a certain degree. Uh huh. You got horses you can buy for twenty five hundred, five thousand, ten thousand, all the way up, just depending on how they're bred and they know, and so on and so forth. Uh, what What's the the most expensive horse that 
that you've ridden in cutting? Oh, I've had horses that, um, oh, over trying to think. I've, I've had some that are work that people would not have sold for a lot more than this, but I rode, I rode one that was, that was uh, I can't even remember what they sold the bought her for. I think they bought it for almost, I think, 150000 I think. Man. And then, um, and that, I think it was Stalibor, and I, 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 I can't remember the, the exact number, but maybe it could even be more than that because she was, she was quite popular. She was just a four-year-old at that time, so she had a lot of age event in front of her. Um, you know, there's, there's some people that, you know, when, you know, obviously there's some stallions that sold for millions, and, um, and then there's some other horses that, that will sell, you know, like fraternity time and stuff. You know, a hundred, a lot of those just get started at a hundred thousand. You'll see some sell for two fifty. You'll see two year old sell for three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand at the NHA fraternity sale. Man, um, you know, yeah, it, it, they really, it's it gets it gets pretty crazy. I think it's kind of, it's pretty cool. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to 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 ride some really good horse I've rode for some really good owners and and I know I've ridden two or three that I know they wouldn't you know somebody could offer them a million and they wouldn't have taken it for them you know <laughs> yeah. so so it's like you know so I mean I don't know you know we've trained a few of them and, and got to ride some really good ones and stuff but um, going out and buying them real real expensive ones I haven't really had only had one owner do that for me that one time and that was <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, to say the least, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. But almost, most everything I'm riding, um, they're all you know, any they're all quality horses, and and you know, you can buy a quality horse to really go compete, and forty thousand to you know on up to whatever to a hundred thousand if if you want whatever level you want to compete in. Some of the lower levels, it's it's under that, you know. Right. It can be fifteen to twenty five, you know. Um, so it varies, you know, it varies. Um, there's a real need for them right now. And, um, and the cutting's been real popular and the weekend cutting's getting pop more popular. So obviously that drives the price up a little, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But. And all the horses you guys ride and cutting and stuff, they're all, uh, they're all just uh, shorter, smaller horses, right? Yeah, most generally, every once in a while you'll get a big one um, that's um, that can move around like a little one because mm-hmm. that's really what it takes. Um, sometimes you know, some you want something with a little reach, you know, and 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 be able to go. So you don't want them all short and choppy, right? You know, although those work too. But you you know you need the longer neck and the, you know medium medium short back um, and light lighter, you know, more agile. It would probably be would be the best description that you'd want. Maybe um, I don't care if, if they're if they're sixteen hands and they move around. I've I've rode some really big horses that could run and drag their hiney, you know, mm-hmm. and and get around too, you know. Yeah. But you know, it just kind of depends on the individual. Most of the bigger horses aren't as agile as as the smaller ones, and don't you know? What I mean, right. you got to get out of small places in a hurry, you know, like with like a cat, you imagine a cow trying to run by you. So, um, that's the thing, the quickness and, and that, you know, mainly that's where the cow horse, quarter horse bloodline came from, you know? Gotcha. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, now, so I, you know, go ahead. No. So in, in training horses now, do you, do you give lessons for people getting into cutting and people that are in cutting? I mean, do you do that as well or do you mostly just train horses or? No, I absolutely. We, I, I train, I train my owners that, uh, and, and my clients, owners, I call them owners, um, that, that have horses with me usually and, and try to make them better. So it's easier when we go to shows, um, you know, you have two and a half minutes to go show and you can't, you don't, you can't sit there and explain everything you're doing to them. So you got to kind of make a game plan. I'm, I'm almost the, I'm their coach, right. you know, right. Dan. So uh, I'm there with key. We, we try to get key words and, and I know how they ride and I know what to expect, what they're going to do. And, you know, not everybody, you know, sometimes your nerves will come in fact, and you got to realize that somebody's going to get a little nervy and they start doing different weird things, I call it. But so you got to be kind of have some key words that, that can calm them down. And, you know, you're, you're there helping them in, in the pen because there's two herd holders and two turnback men bringing the cow back to them. So um, you'd be part of that team. So you'd be maybe possibly in the corner or even out front turning sometimes talking to your people. So when you train them at home and you give them lessons and stuff, you basically just, I, I work on just getting key, key things in their head, minds, uh, words, um, sit, you know, just don't lean different things like that. But mainly my people are a little more advanced than that. So I just, it's mainly like, you know, kick one time or something just to get a horse going, you know, and, um, sometimes they get a little stiff legged cause they're nervous. So that, you know, something that can, can, you know, chill them out a little bit. So that, that that's mainly what I do. And, and then I've done clinics and things like that. And I'm interested in doing more of that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, we didn't, I just kind of ran out of time to do it. You know, that everything was all pretty much weekends were booked up. And if you weren't, you were doing something else and, I judge also, so I judge the contests also, but um, even finding time to, to, to go judge cuttings is, is tough, you know, right. when you're going as much. But, um, you know, so uh, teaching people to be better, it just makes makes it easier for your horses to work. Right. And, it, and you know, and it, makes the, and it makes them happy. And when you got a happy customer, well, you know, they like they like what you're doing, so you actually get more opportunities at that point. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, very cool. So, so if if yeah. if someone wants to get a hold of you to for to train their horse or to get lessons or something, do you do you do you have a website or what, what social media platforms are you on or do you use mostly? Basically, basically Facebook, and then I have a I have a oh I have certain ad deals in in um. Cutting Horse Central okay. back in Texas. That's Mark Michaels. Um, there's a whole trainer's list there. NCHA has a whole trainer's list of some, even a trainer in your area that you could that you could check uh, into. It's in NCHA, you know, dot com, and they'll have lists of trainers and things. But but I am on Facebook and I am on um, you know, um, the THC Cutting Horse Central. And um, don't have a website. Started to do it, and right now I have plenty of time to be thinking about doing that. Dan, <laughs> so, <laughs> I hope I hope only in a couple of weeks. I'm getting itchy. I'm not. I'm not used to not moving 
with the horses going somewhere right now, you know, yeah. trying to win a cut. And, how long you, you got, know? how long you guys staying in Arizona anyway? Gosh, I don't know. We're kind of getting through this week. I'm going to go sell. I got some Coriannies. I'm going to go sell next week and kind of start kind of closing shop up here. I don't, I kind of have a feeling it's going to get a little warm yeah. here in a while. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not too sure if I could find something in Arizona that had a covered arena or someplace that I could rent for May, I might do that. And then, um, I think there should be some cutting starting out West. There's supposed to be one in May, but I don't know. I'm just being hopeful. It is. I've got a friend, a buddy there that lives, um, South of, um, Sacramento, just barely south of Sacramento in the Galt area that, um, he has a place there. He's been leasing, and and I'm gonna. I've just been. It's a good place to go work horses and things. And there's some good people around that area that maybe we can do some more schooling and different things like that. So I might just do that rather than go back to Texas. Yeah. For now. Um. Plus, it, I just I I the weather out there, and then and then we're closer to all the small fraternities. I think I'm gonna have a couple three year olds this year, so it'll be um. Most all the the really good small fraternities are which small fraternities probably you don't know what that is but it's the three year old shows right but there's quite a few lined up out on the west coast starting in Oregon Idaho Rancho Marietta which is right there in Sacramento and then on out here to Arizona yeah and then Utah so there's quite a few lined up and they all start in the fall so about end of August or so so. Very cool. I don't know. We got quite, you know, we'll see how this, we'll see how everything goes, the schedule and stuff this year. And, um, I'm looking forward to competing again. I mean, we had a heck of a year going and I wish I could have kept it going, but we'll just, we'll just have to be, it, be what it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to have to just see how it plays out, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 Yeah. And I've got, I've got, um, I've got, uh, uh, heck, I can't even remember what else I had here. Uh, some kind of, well, basically my Facebook page would, would have my profile and stuff. I got to be, I got a Todd Mac cutting horses, and then I have a regular Todd Mac Facebook too. Okay, yeah. we post on it when we get going showing and stuff like that. But you can always get a hold of me in Messenger. I've had, I've had, actually, it's kind of. It's kind of cool. I've had some people that actually got out of cutting or coming back into cutting and have contacted me. So, and wanting wanting to kind of see where I was at and what I'm doing and different things. And um, so we're kind of at least I can help them get lined out if I can't help them myself. You know. Yeah. Very cool. And and your yeah. and your name is Todd, and then B Matt is B I M A T. Yes. Perfect. And cutting horses. Yep, that's it. Hey, so hey, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask real quick. Uh, any more rattlesnakes? I <laughs> know, <laughs> no more rattlesnakes. We got the last of the Mohican, maybe. I hope. Yeah. Has your neighbor? <laughs> no, no, has your neighbor invited no. you guys over for barbecue or anything? Or no? <laughs> no, 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 no. She hasn't. She hasn't um, even looked over here yet. <laughs> No, no barbecue, no no cookies. Yeah, yeah. You're on the, you're on the naughty list, Todd. <laughs> I, I guess so. I've talked to some other people that we've met around this area, and our other neighbor just west of us here. And, and uh, well, they all said, 
Well, shit, yeah, I shoot at that son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, so for, for people that, that, that uh, obviously nobody knows what we're talking about except Todd and I, but Todd uh, yep. shot a rattlesnake on his place there that was, you know, going under their trailer. And anyway, the neighbor lost her mind, and uh, Todd was very uh, diplomatic yep. and kind and just uh, assured her that, you know, Anyway, it's just a strange thing to hear happen in Arizona, which is a, you know, we're a gun, yeah. gun toting, God fearing, uh, you know, Trump loving <laughs> state. So anyway, yeah, I, I know. I just, I was totally surprised. I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously I shoot a shot like, well, I grabbed the first thing I had in my trailer was my 12 gauge right. and, and that probably was a little loud, but I wasn't like the the snake was in the air. Yeah. You know, I wasn't shooting up at their house. Yeah. I shot straight down into the ground. I had high ground on some gun. So it's yeah. like, Oh my gosh. Uh, so I went, so anyway, yeah, I did catch a little hell for it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got, she got a little aggressive and I, and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to be quiet right here and take this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> too funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. Anyway, yeah. No, I appreciate you trying this out. Maybe you get something out of it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, man. I was, I was glad, glad to have you on, man. I, I really appreciate it. And and like I said, been around horses and all kinds of different events and stuff. And and I've just never, I've never had a cutter on on the podcast. So I was I was really excited, yeah. man. You know, when we went over to your place and was able to meet you guys, and you guys are just super cool. And so yeah, I think it worked out great. And. I should have got a I should have got a, a cutting riding lesson from you that day. Yeah, you should have really. Except Brandy would have probably got mad. Yeah, yeah. When we, talked, when we were talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring, I almost, bring my helper back here. Yeah, I almost got fired. I almost got fired a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you worked pretty. You're were a very expensive worker. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was high end. Hey, you know, yeah, I should have put, put you on a horse. I really should have, but maybe next time you were around here, we'll just drop in and we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, hey man, I'll let you get going. And, um, again, appreciate you coming on and, uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Sounds great, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, I want to get some more information on all your products too. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. I'll listen. I'll, I'll start listening. A little more we're we're out riding and stuff and Aaron Aaron puts it on puts your um I cast on and then um we were listening to it and um I wanna wanna hear a little bit more about your products sometime. Yeah, ab- right? absolutely. I'll back. Cool. All right, man. Very good. All right, hey thanks. You bet. Have a good one, Dan. You too. All right, man. Bye. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same the minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell 
never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pain And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and Yeah.